Hello, everyone. This is Melinda Russell with Racing Girls Rock, presented by the Women's Motorsports Network. And we are going to have a very interesting um, podcast today. And we're going to start by just letting um, our guest tell you a little bit about herself, her name, where she lives, her family, those kinds of things. And so we're going to get started. So take it away. Uh, hi, I'm Al. Um, I My company is Ignite Media, and I live in Orange County, uh, California, with my husband and my four-year-old daughter and our dog, Teddy, um, and any other small animals that my daughter can try to sneak in the house. And um, yeah, and when I'm not traveling, that's where I am, but I feel like I'm traveling a lot. <laughs> You travel, you're traveling a lot. So let's, let's talk about that. Why, why are you traveling? What's your, what is your business? Why are you involved in motorsports and, and share with us? What do you do when you're traveling? Uh, I work as a motorsports photographer. Um, whatever goes fast, I take pictures of it for the most part. Um, and so I travel mostly with IndyCar and IMSA. Um, I do some grassroots, some uh, Red Bull has, the craziest events. So they do, they let me shoot some of those. Um, so I end up traveling between January and November. Um, and this kind of keeps me Roman, Roman, mostly domestically, a little bit internationally. Okay. So you have a four-year-old daughter. How does that work? If you're, it's mostly weekends that you're gone, I would assume. Uh, it, the racing's on the weekends, um, yeah. but I usually end up leaving on Wednesdays or Thursdays. Um, the f last couple of years been not so hard because it's sort of like she was super young. So it was like a more of an out of sight, out of mind. Right. Season. But this year is uh, my husband. And I can already tell it's going to be a little bit harder. So um, it's a lot of FaceTime or even like they watch the races when I'm at different races so that they can like look for me okay likes um and then I also will just try to do things that are special for her in between since I work for myself when I'm home on weekdays sometimes I can just you know skip out on doing all the boring business stuff and give yes. her a, a special day right right and at four years old she's starting to realize mommy's leaving the suitcase is out and then yeah and so she stays with your husband while you're gone yeah. 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 So at least that part is, you know, is good. But um, I know as you get, as they get older and the more aware they are, the harder it is for them to see you go and harder for you too to walk away because at four, she's probably crying a little better possibly. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's less of crying, more just of a guilt trip. So she's, She's perfected that art already. Okay. Well, that's, that's the girl thing in her, right? We, we women, we women know how to, how to do that, unfortunately, uh, for the men in our lives. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And what is your daughter's name? Jordan. Jordan. Okay. So we want to make sure Jordan gets her name out here on the podcast. Yeah. So, so Al, tell me, how did you get started being a motorsports photographer? Um, I went to school for photojournalism. Um, and while I was at school, we kind of had to do projects and I started doing some photography on the drifting side, which is like more of a non-traditional racing. And it was just starting out, which 
actually kind of worked to my benefit because I could go out. I had more access. Mm -hmm. um, I went to like the more grassroots drifting events for, for a chunk of time. I was able to learn how to shoot. Um, and then after years and years, I shot a little bit for the formula drift series. Um, I shot for a lot of a decent amount of like the teams, the manufacturers, and then, um, shifted over to doing a little bit of drifting and other racing. Um, and then eventually left, uh, shooting drifting to just mainly shoot the more traditional racing stuff, but starting, starting on the grassroots side definitely helped me get more access and build up what I could what I could, you know, get access to. Right. Because you don't start at the top, do you? You don't walk into IndyCar and say, Hey, I want to shoot your races. They have to, they're like, who are you? And what's your experience? I mean that, you know, it's important. And so they're not going to let just anybody do it because they have to know that it's your professional and that you're going to do a good job. So, um, you know, most of the time when I hear women who are they finally get to the pinnacle of the racing, whatever it might be. They've pretty much all started like you have. They started at the bottom kind of, you know, you start with drifting, like you said, and, and work your way up. And part of that is probably you met people and built relationships, I'm guessing. So that people then knew who you were. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the normal, how it goes for sure. So tell me about, um, who are you like, we're, we're going to talk about 2023. Where are you going to be going? What are you going to be shooting this year? And some exciting things that are going to be happening for you. Uh, 2023 is already happening. Uh, right. We already had the roar and the 24 hour, which was yeah. one of my, it's always one of my favorite events. It's a combination of just a crazy challenge, both physically and mentally. And that was awesome. Um, and then we had the season opener for IndyCar at St. Pete. Yeah. Um, there, I also shoot as the MX5 Cup series photographer. So okay. that's happening there also. Um, so St. Pete was kind of crazy. And basically just all things IndyCar, um, most things IMSA. When there's overlaps, I have an amazing team that I work with where they'll cover where I can't be. Okay. Um, and then as things start winding down around November, that's when more of like the Red Bull stuff will pick up. Um, I do this event called Sand Scramble, uh, which is in the sand dunes uh, in um, Glamis, which is like oh. three hours. I've been through Glamis. It's amazing. It is. You know, you cannot explain Glamis to it's, anybody because yeah. the, it's so massive. It is just miles and miles and miles of sand and epic lighting and just people yeah. doing cool things. And yeah. so that race, um, and then, you know, a couple other things in between and basically that rounds out my season. Yeah. <laughs> and you have about a month off and then you start over again. Yeah. Um, I think last, in December, the only, I think there's one event in December and then everything starts all over again. Luckily, for the most part, there's no racing in February, um, yeah. which we, my daughter, it, her birthday's in February. So I will hopefully never miss her birthday. Yeah. There, I think there's, sometimes there's like a little bit of IndyCar testing, but I can, you know, get yeah. that covered. Right. 
Yeah. So that worked out. You planned that very well. That worked out really good. Yeah. For sure. Fully planned. Absolutely. <laughs> Fully planned. Yeah, exactly. So let's talk about Glamis just for a second. So my, my husband, uh, we have a dune buggy. It's an older one. He actually built it, but he's, he's all into that. And I'm not sure you said you grew up in Ann Arbor. So you probably know what Silver Lake is where the sand dunes are. And so that's where we used to always go and take the four wheelers and the, and the dune buggy. But he always wanted to see Glamis or go through Glamis. So we went to California a few years ago and we drove back through, through Glamis. And we, you know, we stopped at the, the Glamis store, if you will. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you, you know, it's, it has no electricity. It runs on generators. It's yeah. full of everything you can imagine that a camp person would want. Plus, uh, you know, thousands of t-shirts because you got to buy the t-shirt exactly. and, and, and a little two lane road that takes you, at least that's what we were on this little mm-hmm. two lane road and it goes up and down and, and everything. And so we're driving my daughter's van and we're driving, you know, there's nobody. We we've met no cars on that little road. And we're driving down the road and all of a sudden it, it sounded like the van exploded. That's just the sound, the loud noise. And then we see two airplanes like jets, um, military jets fly mm-hmm. and they were flying very low over the top of us. And then they went this way and then they dipped their wings at us. And I said, oh, they probably thought it was a, a family with a bunch of little kids and they were going to scare <laughs> the crap out of all of us. And which they did because we, you know, you're out in the middle of nowhere and there's mm-hmm. nothing. And then all of a sudden this boom, <clears throat> excuse me. And so um, we, we had a good laugh about that. We called, called my daughter and said, we thought your van exploded, but it was actually <laughs> these two jets that were giving us a scare. But that was, that was actually really cool. And I'm guessing, you know, there isn't much out there. And so it's probably a good practice place for those, I'm not sure where they would have been flying from, but anyway, so that was my experience with Glamis and, you know, but I'd love to go to an event there. I I know a couple other events that take place around or through there. And Mm -hmm. so do you have a motor home? Do you camp or what do you do when you go to all of these events? You stay in a hotel. What do you do? Uh, well, I haven't done a ton out there, I, although I would love to continue to do more and more. Um, but a couple of times I've stayed at a, like a hotel that's about half an hour, was a, half an hour away. And then last year I was lucky enough to get to s- stay in an RV just r- right there. Uh, hopefully do that again. Um, yeah. but the people at Red Bull are amazing and set up everything and, I just showed up and had it all set up and it was, it was, it's an awesome experience. Like unlike a lot of the events I go to where it's just, you show up and you go to the track and then you go to the hotel and then you go home. Yeah. Um, It's, it's an experience and like, it's probably one of my absolute favorite events of the whole year. Cause you just don't, it's like organized chaos. See, my husband would love that. And what time of year is that event held? It is November. Okay. Awesome. Well, I'm going to have to check that out because I assume they let people come to watch, you know, spectators. (laughs) There's a course that they built. um, And the only real way to see it is with the pylons, but because it's, it's an open location, I think it's a park. um, I, I wish I knew I could remember more about it, but basically 
any of the fans can drive where they want to. And there's not tickets. You just, you show up and you drive around and you get the best vantage points that you can. And it's, it's super cool. I bet it is cool. I'm going to have to check that out. Cause I've not heard of that. That's, that's awesome. So how, how old were you when you started doing this? Like how many years have you been, when you started back with the drifting, you know, um, you were out of college. So in your early twenties. Yeah. I actually started shooting when I was in college. So. Okay. Still, still about early twenties. Yeah. Um, and then basically this is all I know how to do. Yeah. Well, it's not all, I mean, that's, that's pretty impressive because first of all, the equipment that you must have in order to get those shots it's not your run-of-the-mill camera. I know it. It has to be um, a very amazing technical um, equipment that you have. But what's your favorite part about doing this? Doing being the photographer. Oh, that's a hard question. Um, I think mainly just being an observer, getting to to see the moments. Mm -hmm. um and capturing the moments yeah Um, yeah because if not they're gone forever yeah yeah exactly I mean when I was I was in school they would say like if you're watching the moment happen in front of you you've already missed the moment and so part of it is anticipating it and then you know just showcasing it and and even like enhancing it like yes I think that's a lot of the fun like I, I am definitely an, an introvert by nature. So getting to kind of hide and, and be an observer of uh-huh. all the people around me is, is a lot of fun. And I like to do that. Yeah. And, and, you know, um, I would think that after years of doing it, you kind of become aware of when that moment's going to come. I mean, you can't always, you know, the accidents and those kind of things, but there's, there's probably times that you, you know, I need to have my camera ready because this, there's quite often a wreck at this turn or this guy, these two guys are always battling each other. So I need the pictures of them or what it might be. You, the more you cover a series or something, probably the more, you know, what you should be watching for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I would say like the on track stuff is, is a lot more consistent. You kind of know what's going to happen. Um, I don't really shoot a lot of crashes mainly because I, I work for, I work less so work for like editorial and more for okay. manufacturers and drivers. And okay, that's, that's not the best day for them when that happens. So no. they don't really want that. Um, no. but I, I think a lot, so more, a lot more is knowing those moments and anticipating those moments in the pits and the paddock. Um, and you know, when drivers are getting in or getting ready and, uh, as photographers, we watch drivers getting ready and getting in so mm-hmm. often that I think they would be shocked by how much we know their routines uh-huh. um, and and how basically we can almost like we could mimic them. Um, so we know when somebody's going to turn, you know, turn away or turn forwards or how they're going to, you know, put their balaclava on. So, yeah, it, it's a lot. I'm just kind of like learning people's mannerisms and and using that to to help you get better shots. Now, that's interesting. I wouldn't have thought about that. But, you know, <clears throat> even at the short tracks, one of my friends is a short track, short track photographer here locally. And some of his photos that he takes that are my favorite are the ones 
that are in the pits, they're not the ones of them going around the track. Mm -hmm. You can see hundreds of those shots, you know, but, but it's the ones that make the driver more personal, you know, like my granddaughter had really long, has really long hair and her putting her hair up in the helmet or, or, you know, her and her dad looking at something on the car, whatever it might be. And those are my favorite because those really tell the story more so than the racing photography, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, I would, I would agree. I mean, the, racing photography just on track stuff is super fun to get in and it's fun to kind of you know push yourself to get more unique styles and looks but also there we are at least still in the age that there are humans you know driving the cars and humans that are are working on the cars to to maximize their potential right and I think we're almost doing a disservice by ignoring that fact I, yeah, I do too, because the behind the scenes really is the thing that people don't get to see. Like mm-hmm. if you're in the paddock or the pit area or wherever you might be, um, you know, there's a certain amount of people that get to do that, but the majority of the fans are not back there. And so they don't get to see everything that goes on. And that's true of racing in general. Um, you know, the, the most general fan buys their ticket, goes to the race, gets their food, goes up to their seat, sits down and watches all the pre-race stuff and the race, and then they go home. They don't get to go into the, the garage area or wherever, you know, the drivers are and see the interactions um, between drivers in the pit area or the garage area. You know, they may be competitors on the track, but they might be laughing and enjoying time together when they're when they're back there and all the things that go on to get that car ready to go out they don't see any of that and i think that's such a shame because um there's so much it's so interesting and there's so much to it Mm -hmm. that people don't get they don't understand and so your photography probably helps show some of that for sure yeah and i i I completely agree and i think i mean Additionally, what's really great is now with social media, um, drivers can choose to sort of show more about themselves than just driver in the car. You know, they can, they, they're, they are whole people. Right. Um, and to a degree, I think sometimes uh, it's, it's like when you're growing up and you see your teacher at the grocery store and they're uh-huh. like, Don't you live at the school. Yeah, exactly. I think oh, they buy groceries just like my mom does. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think I know. There's some of that degree for, for drivers where it's like, don't they just live, breathe and, you know, are all controlled by racing and it's just them in the car at all times. And all of a sudden now with social media, you can see that they have days off and they're constantly developing and they, or they, you know, they have a silly personality or they're super into music. And, and I think my job is just to also, go along with that and, and to enhance that look and that feel that, that drivers and teams are showing that they are more than just the car going round and round and round. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think, you know, Netflix has done a good job with, um, they did the formula one, um, mm-hmm. series, which, you know, I, I'll be honest, I really wasn't a formula one fan. And that was probably my least one that I followed, I should say, because there's, there's so many women involved in 
other types of racing, but not in Formula One. And so that wasn't something that I followed a lot, but I did watch that show. And now I have my favorite drivers and I, you know, I follow some podcasts that talk about it after, you know, like after the race. And, um, and then, you know, I've gotten way more interested in IndyCar as well, because for one, I'm in Kalamazoo, Indy's not that far away. And I went to my first Indy 500 last year, um, believe it or not. And I'm going to Nashville to the IndyCar race. And so will you be in Nashville? That's actually an overlap for me with uh, another event. So I'm, I would love to be in Nashville, um, but I have to see, I, if I'm not there, then I will, I'll have my photographers there. Yes. Nashville is, it's an experience. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the racing is, uh, it's kind of crazy. It is. So the very first year that they had an event there, I went to that race. My husband and I did. And then um, the, it, it was crazy. We stayed in a hotel that looked out, our room looked out over the bridge and we saw them practicing and going across the bridge. And there were all these boats in the water around, you know, the bridge. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really think about why I figured it was people who owned boats and they were watching. Oh no, it was in case something happened and that car flipped over the bridge. Yeah. They were there for, for emergencies, which just kind of scared the heck out of me. Cause that would be terrible, but nothing like that happened. And it was a hotter than heck day, but it was amazing. And so that was our first official Indy race. And then last year I went with my cousins to the Indy 500 for the first time. And now this year, then I'm going back to Nashville as a volunteer. I'm going to volunteer at the race and, and do some media things there, which I'm really, really excited about. I can't wait to do that. That's awesome. So um, what's your favorite, favorite place to go? I, it changes year to year and race to race because to be honest, like my favorite place to go is where I get the best photos. So last year at VIR, I loved everything I shot. I think the, like you were saying about the Indy 500, like the energy there Mm -hmm. is, is like nothing else. Oh, you can't explain it. it's electric and vibrating. And, and so that's probably one of my favorite races, but visually is less exciting. Uh Um, so I'd say it, it'd be, I'd be hard pressed to say what my favorite is. Okay. Um, There, there's so many favorites, but for different reasons. Yeah. And I've heard that VIR is beautiful. Oh, track. Yeah absolutely gorgeous and the options for where you can shoot and and the looks that you can get is is almost endless right and that's that's i've got a lot of tracks on my bucket list but that's one of them for sure so um definitely i'll be hitting that track up for some kind of a race at some point in you know soon but um and so when you go let's say that you're gonna go race or you're gonna go shoot an indie race like in nashville they have other um, like types of vehicles that race as well. Do you Support just it. shoot Indy because that's who you like work for, or you're contracted with, or or is it just is it for the whole weekend? 
Um, well, I shoot for the whole weekend. Um, I, in, in most series that I work with, IMSA, IndyCar, everybody else, um, I, there's support series there. And the majority of the time I'm shooting at least a couple of people in those support series. Okay. Um, so I'm shooting multiple practices, multiple qualifyings, multiple yeah. races, and it just kind of keeps you going right nonstop. Um, again, that's where having second shooters or, or third shooters even to fill in those gaps makes a world of difference. Oh yeah. Cause you can't begin to do it all, especially I'm just thinking about like even Nashville, you know, it's such a big area and I don't know how you, you'd be in the right place at the right time. You'd always feel like you were missing something. So yeah, extra shooters for sure. Yes. I mean, street courses are going to, are the death of us. Like you, yeah. you can't really use vehicles. You can't really use nope. a golf cart or a scooter to get around that much. Um, and Nashville is just next level and how much walking. Yeah. yeah, it is. It really is. And so I'm, um, yeah, I'm excited to go back because that was my very first indie race. And so I was overwhelmed and excited and looking at everything. And now um, this year when I I'm going to be a volunteer, I'll be pretty much in one spot for most of the time. So hopefully get to know the people that are going to be in that, um, that area or whatever. And, and so I'm looking forward to that. But um, yeah, so when you go, do you cover just generally all the drivers? Or do they say, we want you to focus on this driver and this driver? Uh, so I uh, work with, I have different contracts with, with different uh, entities. Um, I work with different manufacturers. Um, I'll work with teams. I'll work with drivers. I'll work with sponsors within a team. Um, and so basically that dictates who I'm shooting and what I'm shooting. I have, um, like on the IndyCar side, I have a team that I work for. Um, and so I'm shooting all their drivers, okay. all their on track, the candidates, they have, um, you know, special appearances, right. all that different stuff. And then on top of shooting nowadays, the, the biggest goal is the, the faster you can get stuff out, the better. Yeah. So we come off track after shooting a practice, there's an hour practice, you come off track. Um, and the goal is to get images to, to your clients as fast as physically possible so that they can put it up on social media because right. things go stale so fast. Right. So about how, let's say it's a, it's a normal practice about how many photos would you take? And then how many would you have to find, go through and send to them? It depends on how many clients I have. Um, depends on how many angles I'm trying for. Uh, I would say during a normal, like one hour, 45 minute practice between candids and on track, maybe like a thousand photos. Wow. Um, I know people that shoot a lot, a lot less, a lot more. Um, it's basically just your, just depends on your shooting style. Uh huh. Um, and yeah, so, and then from that, I try for each client after each session. It, and again, it depends. Like if they are out for the whole session, I get more variety. If they're, right. if they're sitting in the pit lane for most of the time, I don't get a whole lot. And normally the people that are sitting in pit lane for most of the time, and I don't get a lot, will ask for more. And then I have to remind them that I can't shoot cars that aren't on the track. Right. Um, so 
it, you know, they'll all, it'll, they'll usually get between, I don't know, 10 and 30 shots after each session. Okay. All right. So you, you quickly go through a thousand shots and, and I'm sure, you know, and you're, you're shooting very quickly when you're shooting those pictures, I'm guessing. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there'll be a whole row of them that are very similar, but one of them will stick out to you. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like if I'm doing something like if I'm slow panning, um, it'll be pretty obvious. The ones that are blurry, they're not going to get those. They're yeah. going to get the sharp ones. Right. Right. And, and, you know, I know this is going to be hard for you to answer, but I want, want you to do the best you can. When you find that shot that you know is just the one from the weekend or whatever, how does that make you feel? Um, it, it feels good, but to me, there's never the perfect shot. So there's even a shot that I feel like is, is great. And I love it. There are always things when I look at it that I think I could do better or have improved on. So okay. it feels good, but at the same time, I, I'm always striving to do something a little bit better and a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. But, but when you, I mean, to me, you know, I, I owned a weekly newspaper years ago and, and I was the editor, the advertising salesman, the, the photographer, I did it all. And I, and I covered a lot of high school sports for our town. And I just remember that when I got that shot of a kid who didn't get to play much going up to make a basket, or something, you know, like that. It just made me feel like I've captured something for them that nobody else has done and that they'll keep forever. Mm -hmm. And that was my goal. You know, I wasn't just to do that. Obviously, I was covering everything about the, the sports and that. But but I just felt like that as a, as a reporter, and that's kind of what a photographer is too, you're reporting in, in pictures. Um, we give people something that nobody else can do. We write the story about their race. We take the pictures of them in action. And someday when they're not on the racetrack and they look back, hopefully they save a lot of those things and they look back and they, and they appreciate them. I would think more later Mm -hmm. than they probably do in the moment. Yeah, I would say that's true. To a degree, we're, you know, we're almost, what's the word? Um, just historians? Yes, you're capturing history. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, you absolutely are. And, and that's kind of a different way to look at it. And yet that really is what you're doing because, you know, now, when you go back and, and they run promos on TV of uh, the Daytona 500 or whatever, and they had the pictures of the older cars, video too, of the older cars racing down the beach and that somebody had to be, somebody captured that at some mm -hmm. point. And so, you know, somewhere down the road, you know, Connor Daly's going to show pictures of him racing to his grandchildren, you know? Yeah. And so um, I love that part of, of, media and what we do because it's not just about social media and getting it out on there within a certain length of time you know quickly quickly everything's so fast but it's it's about preserving 
what happened for mm-hmm. later generations. Cause there are a lot of people who love motorsports history and, and you're a part of that. You're a part of making sure that that's captured. So I love that part about it. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything that's, you know, what's the, what's the toughest thing about your job? Um, I think there's two things that, that I think of first. Well, one is managing expectations um, and just making sure that the clients that I have are, are happy um, and get everything that they need. But also when there's things that get in my way or things outside of my control, realizing or at least giving myself a break about it, but then also trying to relay that to them without making it seem like I'm not fulfilling my job. Right. Um, I think the other thing is sometimes it, everybody that I know you'll have has an off weekend where I've been, I feel like I've been shooting for 5 million years sometimes, but I'll go to an event and just nothing is clicking. And it, and it's usually tracks I've been to before I have go-to locations, but I cannot get a shot in focus or looking nice for, to save my life. And I think it's kind of keeping, keeping it together and basically just pushing your way through those weekends whenever mm-hmm. they pop up that that's, that's definitely been hard to overcome in the past when I was first starting out, you know, I definitely, yeah. when those events would pop up, I would definitely get in my car and scream at the top of my lungs. <laughs> yeah. And- because, you know, I can kind of see, so let's just say you're, let's say that you have a contract with the Smith racing team. And so would you, is that who you're going to shoot all season long or every race? It's somebody different. Uh, yes to both. Um, okay. I have clients that I shoot for all season long. Um, those, I, I prefer those, uh, clients basically cause you, you know, it's consistent for me, the income I know is consistent. And then also you're building that relationship with the teams right. or the drivers mm-hmm. and so that they, they know you're always there. You're not, you're less of an outsider. And so you yeah. get a little bit more of those more intimate photos. Right. Um, but then there's also, you know, teams, drivers, what have you that will pop up. And then I just have it for those, for those one events or two events. Yeah. Because I was, I was kind of thinking, so if you had the same team all year long, there'd be pluses and minuses. And you already said one of them is that you become a part of the team. And so you're walking around taking pictures and they're not thinking anything about it. And they probably don't even see you half the time because they're used to seeing you at the race. Mm -hmm. They're doing what they're doing. And you taking pictures is just in the background. And, and so that gives you, like you said, that gives you a chance to get really up close and, and more, intimate personal kind of shots. Whereas the other side of that though, is that it might get a little stale once in a while because you're taking pictures of the same people week after week, after month, after month. And like you said, they put their helmet on the same way. They do this the same way. And so your, your photos start to take on a similarity to what you took the last time. Would you say that's true or it's always different? No, my goal is that's actually a challenge that I absolutely love is trying to each time make, look for something different, shoot a little bit different, find a different moment or a different location or different lighting. Um, So they might be doing the same thing. 
but okay. I'm trying for something new. There's always new things to shoot through. There's always different backgrounds. There's, yeah. there's not really, I, I try to keep away from the ability for things to get stale or get redundant. Okay. Um, I like on the MX five cup side, when I'm shooting candids, it's, I love these drivers because they're always out. You can always shoot them. They're talking to each other. They're like, they are available. And so we, with, with the photographers I work with, I joke, it's like shooting fish in a barrel because I'm seeing <laughs> for everybody in the series. Um, so whatever they're doing, I get to shoot them. So that is, it's always new and it's always different. Yeah. Um, I would say the, I mean, the biggest, what you were saying is you get it, you know, become part of the team and you become familiar. The only slight downside is becoming so familiar. So on MX five cup, I've been shooting for them for a really long time. And I, and I know a lot of the people even personally, so I will get kind of distracted because I want to talk to everybody or oh. to talk to <laughs> yeah. when, and then, but I, on the plus side, when people see me and I'm kind of honing in on something happening, I'm like, Oh, I got to go. I got to shoot this. Yeah. Um, but you do get a little bit distracted because you just want to okay. talk to people. So let's talk about that series just for a minute. Or, or first, first I was thinking, um, are there a lot of women photographers or are you a rarity? Um, on the IMSA side, I think right now there's two full-time photographers and one full-time videographer. Um, on the IndyCar side, I don't believe there's any full-time photographers. Um, one of my second shooters, um, her name's Amy Lentz. She's uh, now hard carded through me and is shooting for the full season. Um, so she's the other one now and she's, she's an amazing up and coming photographer. So okay. she would be the, the other one. Okay. So they're part of your team for sure. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> so now let's go back to the MX five. I know there's women that drive in that. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to remember. I, I do so many interviews, Al. I, it's embarrassing to say, I interviewed somebody that drives in that series and I cannot think who it was. Was it Heather Hadley? Yes. Heather what? the Heat Hadley. That's it. Oh, she's awesome. She is amazing, isn't she? Yes. She has personality of the yin yang. She's mm -hmm. like a decent driver, super focused, but not just like head in the game, just not noticing anything around her. Like she's just, she's a good person. Yeah. She really is. And, and I followed her for, well, I started, uh, I started the women's motorsports network in the fall of 2017 and I followed her probably since 2018. Um, she's one that popped up, you know, right away. And, um, and so I followed her and yes, so she's, uh, we did a podcast with her not that long ago. And, um, I was excited to see that she was going to be in that series and, and race. And so, um, Next time you see her, you tell her that we had a conversation. That'll be, that'll be very cool. Yeah. But there are there, there's other women in that series too, aren't there? Uh, there, I think she's the main one that's running the full season. Series, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, there, there are other women that are. That, that come and go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what I thought. Um, so what, what have I not asked you about, about your business, about what you do? Because. You know, I, I interview a lot of drivers, a lot of uh, uh, other types of, of occupations, but I think you might be my first photographer. So what <laughs> have I not 
talk to you about that I should have so that we can know more about what you do? I can't, I can't think of anything. So your the photos that you take, they're the property then of the client that you um, uh, shoot for, or do you post pictures anywhere that people could follow? And, and like, if I wanted to see if you had any pictures of Heather, I could look and see, oh, there's Heather, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I don't just post all my photos um, anywhere, like a, like a gallery. Uh -huh. um, I post on Instagram and I have, I'm starting TikTok. Um, but people can see sort of like the, my, my favorites of the weekend on Instagram. Okay. Um, and then the majority of the time, yeah, my photos, they go to more so clients because I don't really have time to go through and no. images, like everything from the weekend. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you can go on the Mazda site. You can look on Andretti. Yeah. You can <laughs> okay. Yeah. So for our weekend, you probably shoot 10,000 photos. <laughs> I shoot a lot, a lot of photos. It's I a lot can't even imagine that many. To me, that would be overwhelming to go back home. And then what, what do you do? Let's, okay. You go home after the race and you've got 10,000 photos. What do you do with them? What, what's your process after that? Well, I should, if I'm doing my job right, I don't have 10,000 photos once I get home. So basically okay. after each session, I'm calling through the photos that I took after that session, delivering shots to each of the clients each evening. I'm going through the rest of the images from that day um, delivering all of those. And in a, in the best case scenario, I'm doing that after each day. So by the time I get to the end of the weekend, I'm basically done or okay. just editing through special appearances, or if I had to go shoot a party or something like that. Okay. Um, and so those photos are usually going out, you know, hour by hour, day by day in the okay. evening. Okay. That makes sense. So, yeah. For, for drivers, when they're, you know, when they're done with their stints or done driving for the day, they, you know, they'll usually do a debrief um, and spend time doing that. And I, I'm assuming then they get the rest of their evenings. Um, mm -hmm. But for photographers, when the, when the race ends or practice ends, basically our, our jobs are just starting because yeah. we're, then we have to start the whole editing process, post-processing, um, you know, yeah. Uploading galleries, dealing with emails, all that stuff. So is there a lot of editing? I mean, I know you use, I'm sure, very expensive, high quality equipment. Is there a lot of editing? And, and what would be um, some things that you would edit? I know that's a big question, but um, like, I, people I, that are in the background, are you take them out? What do you, what do, you do? No. writing? No. I mean, the, the main thing, so I shoot raw, which basically means that it's my job to color correct, you know, okay. add in contrast, I'll add in um, saturation, things like that. Um, okay. So when I'm editing, if I do my job right, it should literally just be doing the bare minimum. Okay. Um, sometimes I'm shooting in tricky lighting like situations. So I have to bring up shadows or bring down highlights, things like that. Okay. Um, for the most part, I almost never will edit out people out of the background or yeah. take cars out or things like that. Cause to, I mean, a, I don't really have enough time. Well, uh, and that's part of the experience that photo. Yeah. If you take stuff out, then it's not really what the photo was. 
Yeah. Well, and also because I have the ability to move around when I'm shooting. So again, if I'm doing my job right while I'm shooting, if there's something that's messy in the background, I'm either standing up or lying down or sitting down or touching and and cleaning it up that way. Yeah. So my last question for you, Al, is if if somebody came up to you, man or woman, you know, with their child, you know, teenager, maybe. And they said, I see that you're a motorsports photographer. Would that be a good role, good occupation for my daughter to, you know, pursue? She loves taking photos. What would be your response? Um, I mean, I love what I do. So I would say, yes, it's, but I mean, I've gotten to the point where I can, you know, make a decent living and I get to shoot awesome stuff, but mm-hmm. there, there's a lot that goes into it. And so you have to kind of be ready to, to work a little hard and hear a lot of no's and, you know, have a, many disappointing days and many, or and even many days where you feel like you're unstoppable. And then the next day you're, you know, crying on the floor, be away from your family, lots of travel. It's a lot of travel, but it's, uh, it's not boring. No, no, I would think, I would think it would be every, every race is a new opportunity because no two races are ever the same. Mm -hmm. You may be at the same track that you were at last year. And a lot of the drivers might be the same, but the action is not going to be the same. It's always going to be new and fresh. And so you always have that excitement about what am I going to see today? What am I going to capture today? Mm -hmm. What can I do today that's different or better or more exciting than what I've done before? And to me, that's like when I go to a NASCAR race um, or a, a short track race and it's somewhere maybe I haven't been before. I'm always thinking, who am I going to meet today that I can do a story about? Mm-hmm. You know, um, who, who am I going to be able to celebrate and connect with somebody else that I know uh, from this racetrack? And so that's the excitement. It's not always even the actual race for me when I go. It's more about the people. Who am I going to meet? Who am I going to get to talk to? What am I going to get to to film, interview, ask questions, et cetera. And so um, I'm thinking that's, that's pretty much where you are too, when you go to these events. Oh yeah. It's a, it's a combination of feeling like I'm with this small, weird family of people that I travel with constantly and love being around them. But then also just the, you know, insane amount, like you said, the, the possibilities, the endless possibilities that I can create, um, and and see what comes out of the weekend. Right. Yeah. What fun. Well, I'm going to have to have you send me your schedule of where you think you're going to be, because I'm going to try to hit some races this year at some tracks that I haven't been to. So normally I would have been in Phoenix this past weekend because my daughters live there. One of my daughters is in Florida for the month watching um, preseason baseball because her husband uh, coached a young man who plays for the Cardinals. And so they're in 
Florida for spring training for a month. <clears throat> Excuse me. My other daughter was uh, not going to be around either. So I chose not to go to Phoenix because I want to go to Bristol or Talladega or somewhere I haven't mm -hmm. been before. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's the excitement for me is seeing where am I going to get to go and who am I going to get to meet and, and that. Um, one thing I didn't ask you though, and I'm interested in about this, were you a motorsports fan before you started taking photos of motorsports? No, no. Have I, you ever well, I, been to races or anything or no? Yeah, I've been to races. Um, I, I didn't grow up watching a lot of racing. I was into it. Um, but I think when I started going more and more and seeing the possibilities of what I could shoot, Mm -hmm. that that kind of built it out I, so I'd say I was into racing but not like a, a crazy like okay fan. so when you were in college though and you were studying did you think that maybe that's what you wanted to shoot or were you open to just whatever came around um I didn't know what I wanted to shoot when I was in when I was in college but when I started going to to more of these events I realized that that was what I wanted to shoot. Okay. It, just, it, it gave, it was just energy and yeah. visuals and it was just, it's amazing. It, yeah. It's never boring. No, I'm sure it's never boring because even uh, the action in the garage or the paddock area is never boring. So right. you it's just true. never know who you're going to get to see or meet. So I love that part. Yeah. Well, well, Al, is there anything else that you would like to share that I, don't want to leave out before we hang up today. I can't, I can't think of anything. <laughs> okay. How but, about social media? Well, how, if somebody had some questions or wanted to reach out to you, how would they, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Oh yeah. Um, if they just want to message me, I'm on Instagram, Ignite Media Photo. That's the name of my company. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, if they send me any messages, it's a great way to get to me. Okay. So message her at Ignite Media Photo on Instagram. And if you have any questions or you're interested in knowing how to get involved to be a motorsports photographer, I think Al is going to be your best response, best person to talk to because she's done it for a while. And she started at the bottom and, and she worked her way up to where now um, she's, she's shooting two of the top series in motorsports. And so I'm excited for you, Al. I'm excited that we got to touch base and I got to meet you. And, and I appreciate the time that you took today. I know uh, you were probably, you weren't gone over the weekend because there wasn't any racing, right? <laughs> no, I got a weekend at home and it was amazing. Yeah, because uh, I, I keep track of all that. And so I knew there was no racing, but um, you know, I, I still, I appreciate your time um, of doing this. And if I can ever do anything to help you or promote you or share what you're doing. Um, all you have to do is reach out. I'd be happy to help. And thanks for having me on. This is awesome. Fun. Thank you so much. Hang on. Don't.